Good morning. I'm Weemala, and today is Thursday, April the 21st. So we're moving right along, even if the weather is playing catch-up. So um, I hope you're doing well today, and this day finds you free from free from sadness and free from um, any kind of emotional issues or physical issues that have held you down. And I hope you're moving back, re-entering the world cheerfully and with energy and, uh, and caution at the same time. So today I'd like to read again from The Issue at Hand by Gil Fronsdale. I've been reading a book by the Dalai Lama, um, and I think tomorrow I'd like to read a section from that because his, uh, there's something about his message that reminds me of Gil Fronsdale, just his style of writing. So today I'd like to read about the body at the center, my, mindfulness of the body in the practice, instructions of the Buddha. And here is, this is from Majjhima Nikaya 119.2. Mindfulness of the body, when developed and cultivated, is of great fruit and great benefit. I did not begin my Buddhist practice with any intention to discover my body. I had no idea that the body had any importance to the path, except as something to place on the meditation cushion. Even during the early months and years of my meditation practice, when my body painfully revealed areas of tightness, tension, and psychological holding patterns, I was convinced that these physical difficulties were nuances, I'm not nuances, nuisances, that these physical difficulties were nuisances to be ignored or transcended rather than the actual substance and unfolding of practice. That was my initial experience, too. It was just that you had to... uh, The difficulties in sitting for long periods of time were just nuisances to be transcended. That was my belief as well. Slowly, over the years, as my body began to come alive, I was, and still am, repeatedly surprised at how much awareness, love, and compassion are found in and through the body. I have learned that mindfulness of the body is the foundation of mindfulness practice, and one of the best friends we have for integrating that practice into daily life. The Excuse my sniffles, allergies are, it's a bad allergy day. The Buddha himself said, there is one thing that when cultivated and regularly practiced leads to deep spiritual attention, to peace, to mindfulness and clear comprehension, to vision and knowledge, to a happy life here and now, and to the culmination of wisdom and awakening. And what is that one thing? Mindfulness centered on the body. Elsewhere, the Buddha said, if the body is not cultivated, the mind cannot be cultivated. If the body is cultivated, then the mind can be cultivated. 
You can find shelf after shelf of Western books on Buddhism that make virtually no mention of the body, thus giving or reinforcing the impression that Buddhism is an intellectual or mentally oriented religion. In contrast to this impression, I understand Buddhist practice, especially the practice of mindfulness, to be an invitation to experience our bodies and to embody our experience. Or as the scriptures on the Four Foundations of Mindfulness puts it, and it's the Satipatthana, to experience the breath in the breath and the body in the body. Distancing himself from metaphysics and speculation, the Buddha was interested in understanding how we experience and perceive directly through our psychophysical senses. He taught that for the purpose of awakening and spiritual freedom, everything we need to realize of the world is found within our body. Without rejecting the notion of an objective world, the Buddha focused so much on the role of the senses and perception that he repeatedly claimed that within this very fathom-long body, with its perceptions and inner sense, lies the world, the cause of the world, the cessation of the world, and the path that leads to the cessation of the world. During my early Vipassana practice in Thailand, Ajahn Buddhadasa said at the opening of a 10-day retreat, and we all know who Ajahn Buddhadasa is now, do not do anything that takes you out of your body. I carried this for me puzzling instruction with me during the 10-day retreat, and I began to realize how often my center of attention and gravity were projected in front of me as I so frequently reached forward to grasp or identify with something outside of myself. The anticipation of lunch or the end of a meditation period, the rehashing of memories, the planning for future events, and the desire for or aversion to emotions or states of mind all contributed to a sense of not being physically centered on myself. Often I would feel as if I was ahead of myself, either by actually leaning forward or more usually and more subtly by feeling my center of gravity projected forward. In the course of the 10-day retreat, I began to learn to settle back into my own center of gravity and to align my body in a balanced vertical posture. The more settled I felt in my body, the more sensitive I became to ever subtler movements away from center caused by ever subtler attachments and aversions of the mind. Gradually, I learned that mindfulness of the body is one of the best windows I have into an honest view of my inner life. This is really, these are really wonderful things he's saying because I, I also notice that tendency to move forward until I'm really centered, centered in my own practice and in the body. 
in contrast to a trend in Western culture to posit a radical duality between the body and the mind, the Buddha saw the human mind and body as intimately interconnected. When we repress or suppress aspects of our emotional and cognitive life, we tend to disconnect ourselves from our body. The exploration and awakening of the body from the inside through mindfulness and awareness can result in a rediscovery of suppressed emotions and also a greater capacity to feel emotions, to be sentient beings. Mindfulness of the body can greatly facilitate our capacity for being present for painful or overwhelming emotions by helping us recognize that the body is the container for those emotions. Buddhist psychology teaches that emotions are virtually always embodied and so can be felt in the body. Sometimes fear involves a tightening of the stomach, anger a heated face, joy a tingling warmth in the chest, and restlessness and energy coursing through the arms. By focusing on the bodily sensations produced by difficult emotions, we can more easily remain present for them and allow mindfulness to reveal their deeper nature. Our Western culture has devoted a tremendous amount of resources to strengthening our predilection, predilection to treat the body as an object to be manipulated. Body consciousness has come to refer to the external image that we not only project but also create with the help of cosmetics, hairstylists, the fashion and advertising industries, and the local gym. By contrast, in mindfulness practice, we are developing a form of body consciousness that involves from the inside. This inner subjective world is a source of our, our vitality. So, I want to read that again. And I think I had a disconnect of, of, of online, so I want to read this sentence again. By contrast, in mindfulness practice, we are developing a form of body consciousness that involves a subjective awareness of the body from the inside. This inner subjective world is the source of our vitality. Objectifying the body can disconnect us from that sense of aliveness. When we begin to be aware of how we actually and directly experience the body from the inside, we begin to learn that the body is an awareness and a process and not simply a thing. The Buddhist tradition distinguishes a variety of bodies, the energy body, the bliss body, the transformation body, the diamond body, the karmic body, and the awareness body. <coughs> a meditator can experience all of these different bodies often as a flow of energy or field of attention. In developing mindfulness of the body, Vipassana students are counteracting not only the cultural forces that reinforce 
a solid and objective body image, but also our own psychological forces that do so. Our psychophysical holding patterns, such as the tightening of the stomach, shoulders, or jaws, and I'm sure every one of us recognizes that tightening. We know that. One of these three, at least, we're aware of, I'm sure. The tightening of the stomach, shoulders, or jaws help create a sense of false or illusionary solidity as we shield ourselves from whatever is fearful or painful. As mindfulness practice develops, we learn to trust our inner experience, our awareness, and our capacity for being present for even difficult states of being. However, mindfulness practice does not lead to rejection of all body images and self-imaging. Rather, we learn the flexibility to move easily between appropriate body, bodily, between appropriate body images and the openness and imagelessness of direct experience. There are times when a strong self-image is crucial and other times when it is a great limitation. And regardless of the value of open, egoless states, we must remember that holding on to such states can cause great suffering. Mindfulness practice is less about attaining some particular state than about attaining freedom and flexibility within all states. So I want to read that sentence again. That's very important. We must, and regardless of the value of open, egoless states, we must remember that holding on to such states can cause great suffering. Mindfulness practice is less about attaining some particular state than about attaining freedom and flexibility within all states. That's important. As meditation opens the ego boundaries that the world may or may not require of us, mindfulness of the body helps to create a healthy center within the openness. Maintaining an openness to the world is safer if one remains aware of what is happening within the body. The, this, the body can provide more readily than any other avenue a tremendous amount of information about how we are affected by and reacting to any given situation. Without this information, there is the danger that contracted or expansive states of being will blind us to many aspects of who we are, that we will lose our sense of presence to either external situations or people, or to an inner world of thoughts and feelings. Within the Theravada Buddhist tradition, there are a number of different styles of mindfulness practice. Some focus almost exclusively on mindfulness of the body. Others include, to various degrees, the other aspects of our humanity, feelings, emotions, thoughts, mental states, and mental experiences. However, even among these latter styles, mindfulness of the body remains, throughout one's practice, the most foundational of the foundations of mindfulness practice. 
in the scripture on the four foundations of mindfulness. That's the Satipatthana Sutta. Under the foundation of the body, the Buddha includes attention to the breath, body sensations of all types, physical posture, the body in activity, and the systematic exploration of the entire body. I believe that the other three foundations of mindfulness are best understood after one has begun to stabilize or awaken one's awareness in the body. Various streams of the Mahayana Buddhist tradition have similarly placed great stress on the importance of the body. Several Mahayana scriptures enthusiastically insist that the body itself is Bodhi, and Bodhi is awakening. The body itself is Bodhi. One tantric song says, Here in this body are the sacred rivers. Here are the sun and moon, as well as all the pilgrimage places. I have not encountered another temple as blissful as my own body. The Japanese Zen tradition has stressed the importance of the conscious participation of the body in practice. The Zen master Dogen, teaching that Zen practice involves the unification of the body and mind, wrote that mindfulness of the body is the body's mindfulness. In the end, the central position that the body has in the Buddhist tradition does not mean that we need to direct our attention willfully toward the body as if awareness and the body were two separate things. Rather, the teaching of mindfulness of the body is an invitation for us to wake up to the awareness that is already present in the body. Practice is not directing or creating something. This is wonderful. Practice is not directing or creating something. The beginning and end of practice is the awakening of what is already there within our bodies, hearts, and minds. That's so important, and we often think that we're changing and changing all the time, uh, that we are, uh, in effect, creating the change. So this is so important to remember. Practice is not directing or creating. An end of practice is the awakes is the awakening of what is already there within our bodies, hearts, and mind, minds. So I think that was, uh, that was a little, that was longer than some of the others, but I think really important. And that, that question had come up recently in another class about, in the, in the sutta that he's talking about, the Satipatthana Sutta, it, it says to experience the breath in the breath and the body in the body. This essay is a perfect answer to the question about what does that mean, the body in the body and the breath in the breath. It means to be, to be there, to be close. It's an invitation to experience our bodies and to embody our experience. So I love that. Um, we have just a little bit of time, but let's spend about five minutes just sitting and let, with your breath. And maybe that can allow, you may even want to choose to contemplate what I just read. 
let it sink in. It doesn't have to be by thinking it over. It could just be be with the breath and allow it to sink in. You might want to take some time to contemplate this teaching that he's presented to us and uh, really take it in and see if there's wisdom in it for you. And then in our meditation practice, then we can we can let go of holding on to something, but we can begin to see it more clearly just by the having the calm, settled mind to just let it let it sink in and reverberate in us. So let's just spend a few minutes being with the breath. Feel your body. Now remember, we're feeling the body in the body. Let the body relax as we let our focus just rest very gently on the breath. That just becomes the focus to keep our mind, to keep it a little bit uh, less monkey mind, right? If we can focus on the breath, in-breath, and the out-breath, It gives our mind a place like a limb to rest on so that monkey mind can settle for a while. Be aware of the breath in the breath. So be in the body to experience the body. So your awareness will tell you right away. It's sometimes each breath can be different from the next. Even when we find our posture for sitting, or if we're doing walking meditation, we can even use that time doing some stretches beforehand, or you may want beforehand. And all of those are things to be in the body, seeing the body, seeing the breath. Then as we practice, We're observing the breath. We're observing the body. You have very little time left to practice, so just stay with your breath. And I just like to read these lovely phrases 
from Christy Tinnery uh, for loving kindness meditation. And she says you can we can repeat the phrases or pick a few of them or your own and repeat them silently for whatever minutes you give, just the same way as you would count the beads on a mala. They're not there to cultivate thoughts, but as a mindfulness tool. If thoughts arise, simply brush them away and return your attention to the phrases. May I be peaceful. May I have ease of well-being. May I be healthy in body and mind. May I be kind to myself. May I accept myself as I am. May my life unfold smoothly with joy. And may I be free from danger and harm. And let's let today just be a great day to just continue sending these blessings, blessings of metta, of loving friendliness, sending them to yourself. We know this is a um, practice without boundaries, but today might be a day when you just need to be taking care of yourself, going in and just repeatedly blessing yourself, sending these good wishes to yourself. And then when you feel ready to, then you can begin sending them out to your loved ones, to a stranger, to a difficult person, and then to the world. And just allow this metta to to just continue moving forward, radiating from you. But we need to begin with ourselves. Let go of regrets. Let go of feeling less than. May my life unfold smoothly with joy. So as we end our time together, may everything we do and say and think today be done not only for our own benefit, but for the benefit of all sentient beings everywhere. So thank you. I'll see you tomorrow.